When I go to lecture first, second, third year medical students, there's always 20, 30, 40 students in the class. They've seen films like Forks Over Knives and they've seen What the Hell and Cowspiracy and The Lights On. And they know there are young professors on staff who are plant-based in their own lives uh, for all sorts of reasons, but they're uh, experiencing health benefits because of their plant-based diet. You know, they say you, you can't keep a hat pin in a cloth bag for very long. You know, the point comes out. And that's what's happening with, with plant-based nutrition. So class by class, student by student, lecture by lecture, uh, we're starting to get this, this message out. I recently had the opportunity to interview Dr. Esselstyn on this channel, where he talked about uh, preventing heart disease, uh, lowering cholesterol, things like that. And then we had one small section where he talked about he's helping educate doctors about plant-based nutrition. So I wish we could have expanded that, but then after speaking to Graham and Annette Henry, they said they saw you on another interview and you'd love to do interviews and you're doing this type of thing. So that's mainly what I want to talk about today. So. From my personal experience and experience around me, I went to the doctor last year. I had high cholesterol, really high triglycerides. Someone close to me has um, insulin type of thing. And the only advice was, here's the medication, here's the prescription, eat healthier. And from, I know there's the understanding where maybe doctors don't have enough um, education when it comes to nutrition, especially plant-based nutrition. So I'd like to spend this time interviewing you about um, what the current setup is, what the problem's like, as well as the work you're doing for the solution. So maybe you could start off by talking about like what the what the problem is in your eyes and the uh, training of the medical community for plant-based nutrition. Uh, the problem is this gaping abyss uh, in the knowledge of most practicing physicians due to this black hole in medical education, where it, it's just stunning to me that for a scientific discipline that can identify a genetic mismatch on gene A21 on chromosome 13. The thought that what our patients are eating on a daily basis, flooding through their tissues meal after meal, has any effect on the diseases they bring to us, this, this never dawns on my colleagues. It's stunning to me how we totally disconnect the effect of our patient's daily diet on the body that uh, they wind up creating from that. And uh, to make a long story short, we're just not taught about nutrition. We just blow right past nutrition in medical school. We are so busy getting in the biochemistry and physiology and pathology and physical diagnosis that what our patients are eating, ah, send them to the dietitian. She'll, she'll deal with that. And besides, that's cultural. You know, don't get into the, the person's uh, food choices. That's their, that's their business. We're Americans. We can eat anything we want. Yeah, it's true, but no one ever tells us in med school that your arteries got something to say about that. Your colon wall's got something to say about that. Your endocrine system got something to say about, about our food choices. So there's this huge gaping hole in medical education. So most doctors go into practice, unfortunately, nutritionally ignorant. And we never ask about it in practice. And, and instead of ignoring it, uh, 
the message I'm giving to the young medical students when I speak to them these days is listen, ask about your patient's diet. That's why they're sitting in front of you, doctor, overweight, diabetic, hypertensive, clogged up and inflamed from this daily, thrice daily deluge of, of cooked animal flesh and vegetable oils and sugars and high fructose corn syrup and phosphoric acid from the colon drinks and the cigarette smoke and the stress hormones and the, uh, and, and the toxic brew that the standard Western diet has become, uh, that's the major culprit in these diseases. Uh, and yet, when you look in the textbook, etiology unknown. We don't know the cause of high blood pressure. We don't know the cause of clogged arteries. And it's true on an ultimate molecular level, we haven't teased out every single last interaction between genes and enzymes and all that. There's a lot more of that stuff to learn. But if we're doing it in the hopes that the smart scientists at NIH are going to come up with a mesocillin that we give our patients and restore them to magical health and reverse their diseases, that's not going to happen. But what can reverse the disease is a whole food plant-based diet. And yet nobody tells us that. And when I step up to the microphone at medical schools and in Zoom, I say to the young students, I'm going to give you the lecture I wish someone had given me 50 years ago. It would have changed every diagnosis I made, every treatment plan I recommended. It's, you know, the philosopher Goethe said, what you know about, you see. And once you know about the effects of a, of a disease-producing diet or a health-enhancing diet, it changes everything. It's the most powerful tool that any physician can have. And we don't have a right to, to deprive our young doctors of that tool. And we certainly don't have a right to withhold it from our patients if they can reverse the disease at their kitchen table. They ought to be equipped with that knowledge. So long answer, but uh, it's as, um, as the plaque on my wall that I to us says, it's the food. It's, it's, it's been the food all along. You know, and you know, and, and that's the real issue here. And somebody needs to tell the young docs that. So that's the, been the focus of the remainder of my medical career is to educate the young doctors coming up after me to uh, be nutrition aware. And I'll I'll call it a successful mission if we can create a generation of nutritionally aware physicians. Absolutely. And I just interviewed a vegan chef where she had the quote where like food is by medicine, but it could also be by poison. So I've heard, I think I've heard you say that quote before, food is like medicine, Hippocrates, but it could also be your poison. And it's like yeah. trying to put the pills and stuff on top of the root cause. So do you mind going more into um, thinking the system as a whole? So there's the medical school training, existing doctors. You mentioned lecturing people at universities, Zoom calls. In order to educate the next generation, existing generation of medical doctors, what specifics are you doing and what also can be done in addition to what you're doing to make sure that doctors have the right training and education? Oh my, uh, you know, it's, I feel sometimes like I'm standing at the base of Mount Everest with this task that we're faced with. It's like turning an ocean liner uh, to try and get this behemoth of medical education to, to open this much to the importance of our patient's daily diet. And there's many reasons why, again, the uh, the fact that the doctors currently in practice aren't taught anything about nutrition, well, that just rolls from generation to generation of physicians. Second, 
Well, doctors, we don't have respect for nutrition. It's a sissy science. You know, real medicine is up in the operating room doing surgery or down in the ER uh, intubating patients. But what are they doing up in the operating room? They're dealing with the infections and the infarctions and the amputations from what their patients are eating. That's who they're seeing in the OR, in the ER. Um, they're all dealing with nutrition-based diseases that they could reverse with a healthy diet. But uh, there's economic reasons why they don't want to open that door. They would be doing a lot less bypass procedures, placing a lot fewer stents. Um, and of course, the pharmaceutical companies have a huge role in medical education. Uh, uh, the young doctors get a, a unique condition I call pharmacosclerosis, you know, that, that sets in their brains that drugs and surgery are the only treatment. Someone's got a disease, hmm, what drug can I give them? What, what operation can we do? And that's, that's where medicine ends in the minds of most young students. And, and the pharmaceutical companies are making a lot of money off of that. Uh, that uh, model and, and so are the medical schools who are getting the grant money from the pharmaceutical companies. There's, a, there's quite, a, uh, uh, quite a momentum, uh, the, a vicious circle that feeds on itself there. And of course, the food companies have something to do with this as well, all the fast food companies, et cetera. You walk into a hospital and there's a McDonald's and a Burger King right down in the lobby. Uh, and so they're uh, contributing to diseases that then they uh, the, the pharmaceutical folks make money off of trying to treat. It's, it's, it would be bad sitcom writing if it weren't so tragic. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's bizarre, it borders on a grotesque, the way we're creating diseases and with, with our diet and then trying to cure them with pills and surgery when it's the food and it's been the food all along. So, um, so there's the huge inertia against opening to nutrition for, as I mentioned, the cultural and economic reasons. Uh, and um, the structure of the national board exams, I've had doctors come up to me and say, doc, it was a very nice lecture, but until they start asking about nutrition on the national board exams, we're not gonna be teaching this stuff. We've got uh, enough to get basic sciences into the heads of these students. We don't have, they're not even asking about it. We're not going to, uh, to teach it. So that's another obstacle that we have to overcome. And the American College of Lifestyle Medicine is working to give the National Board of Medical Examiners questions to start putting on the board exams. And when that happens, uh, that will be a major breakthrough. Then we'll start opening the door to nutrition. I'm afraid it's just going to be take the skin off the chicken and use skim milk and, you know, the usual uh, soporific uh, non-advice that a lot of dietary counseling has devolved to. But the power of whole food plant-based diets to reverse disease is in the medical literature. There's no disputing Dr. Esselstyn's diet melting away plaques in the arteries and Dr. Ornish's diet uh, turning off cancer genes in the prostate and, and all of us who use plant-based medicine on a daily basis. We, we've got dozens and dozens of patients who used to be obese, who used to have high blood pressure, used to have type 2 diabetes. These diseases are reversible. And I wish someone had told me that when I was in medical school. And that's part of the message that I'm giving the, to the young students. Don't settle for becoming a disease manager. We'll manage your diabetes. We'll manage your hypertension. I didn't go into medicine to manage chronic disease. I wanted to cure people. And these diseases are reversible with the proper diet and lifestyle. And that's 
so powerful that needs to be uh, uh, imparted to the young students, though uh, many of the, you know, there's reasons why, you know, that information is uh, threatening to the establishment as well. But the truth is the truth. And even though there are these obstacles, on the other positive side, when I go to lecture first, second, third year medical students, there's always 20, 30, 40 students in the class. They've seen films like Forks Over Knives and they've seen What the Hell and Cowspiracy and the lights on. And they know there are young professors on staff who are plant-based in their own lives uh, for all sorts of reasons, but they're uh, experiencing health benefits because of their plant-based diet. You know, they say you, you can't keep a hat pin in a cloth bag for very long. You know, the point comes out. And that's what's happening with, with plant-based nutrition. So class by class, student by student, lecture by lecture, uh, we're starting to get this, this message out. There are lifestyle medicine interest groups, LMIGs, at most every medical school in the country now in North America. And those are the folks who invite me in. I give lectures too, but we want to fan those flames. And uh, we just gave a 12-unit master class in plant-based nutrition. And uh, now we're doing monthly forums based off of that on, on applied plant-based nutrition. And so it's becoming into being uh, as, as a reality in the minds of students and, and in practitioners' uh, daily practice. So i uh, got lots of work to do. This is still the embryonic stages, but there's no choice. There's nothing else to do. The, uh, uh, the, this truth must come out. It's, it's unfair to withhold this from our patients. And I tell the students, you know, I think it's just a matter of time. You ask what's going to move it along? I think it's a matter of time before an angry widow walks into the office of a cardiologist or a cardiothoracic surgeon says, my husband died on that operating table last month during a four-vessel coronary artery bypass, and nobody told us he could have melted that plaque away from the inside of his arteries with a plant-based diet. Why didn't somebody mention this to us? Why was this information withheld from us? How long have you people known about this? How long has it been in the medical literature? 25 years. And if she gets upset and engages the services of, uh, of an attorney, and lodges a wrongful death suit, I think she's got uh, a, a legitimate winnable case there because this is a wrongful death. When, she, when he signed that informed consent form, it, there should have been on that form, and I've been told that I can melt these plaques away with a whole food plant-based diet, but I am choosing not to uh, you employ that strategy and going for the surgical treatment instead. You should have been informed in plain English that that was an option. And so we're working to, to get that reality uh, down, to, down to earth uh, and, and part of standard medical practice. So that's the holy grail. And of course, not just for cardiothoracic surgery, but for in rheumatology and, and gastroenterology for the Crohn's disease and the colitis, for in respiratory medicine for the asthma and dermatology for the acne. Uh, uh, it's remarkable when, when people adopt a whole food plant-based diet, when they come in obese and diabetic and hypertensive and clogged up and inflamed, they start eating those salads and soups and steamed veggies and Asian curries Within days, the obesity begins to melt away. 
and the arteries begin to relax and the high blood pressure comes down and the inflamed joints stop hurting so much and the asthmatic lungs stop wheezing, the migraine headaches get better and the colitis bowels stop bleeding and they turn into normal healthy people with normal blood pressures and normal blood sugars or diabetes clears up. And, and I tell the students, what greater gift could you want for your patients? Why are you going into medicine, really? You want to heal your patients or don't you? Well, let's come, let's come right there. You want to heal or you just want to raise their metformin dosage and raise their beta blocker dosage and say, come back in a month. If that's the kind of medicine you're going to be practicing, you'll leave medicine. Uh, and I hear it all the time from disgruntled docs who are leaving. Ah, my, they're all getting fatter and sicker. They're all going to need stents. They're all going to need bypasses. That's right, doctor. If you don't talk to them about what they're eating, that's exactly what you're going to see. Do you want to heal these patients? You, you want to turn, give them their lives back? Uh, you call yourself a healer? Then get real about what they're eating, doctor, because that's why they're sitting in front of you. And uh, just say, before you order another $1,000 scan and another $500 barrier blood test, stop. Ask them what they ate yesterday. Have them take you through their eating day. And if they're honest and what they tell you is full of burgers and, burgers and buffalo wings and pepperoni pizzas, that's why they're sitting in front of you, doctor. That's the problem. And, and the doctor said, well, listen, I don't know anything about nutrition. I don't have time to do counseling. I don't get paid for it. And they're right. And I tell them, you don't have to, doctor. There are plant-based dietitians who will do this counseling for you. All you need to do is recognize that overweight, hypertensive, diabetic, clogged up and inflamed patient is, is, is there because of what they're eating. Refer the patient to the dietitian. Let her or him do the counseling. You see them back in a month. Let, let them, let the dietitian show them the films and do, do the teaching, take them shopping. You see them back in a month, see if they're not five pounds lighter and feeling better. If they're not, you need to talk to the dietitian. But incorporate the plant-based dietitian into the treatment paradigm and patients are going to get healthier and the system will save so much money. There'll be money to, to provide health care for everyone, to fix the roads, to put internet in everybody's houses. We'll, we'll be such a healthier, richer country for it. So it's the key, you know, and uh, plus it'll heal the earth. Uh, the, the, our meat-based diet is destroying ecosystems. It's why all the greenhouse gases we're putting into the uh, atmosphere. And, uh, and I'll tell you, it doesn't matter what your cholesterol level is. If we don't have a livable planet, uh, to, to subsist on, doesn't matter what your blood pressure is. And, and to feed a meat-based diet to 8 billion people is unreal. It's going to destroy this ecosystem. For every reason, the lights are flashing. Humans, as an individual, you want to be healthier, adopt a whole food plant-based diet. Homo sapiens is a species. You want to be healthier and survive, adopt a plant-based diet. No, no matter what the mighty hunter mythology did for us in the past, doesn't matter. That page has turned. That that era is over. We're, we're, we now must become plant-eating hominids, like our anatomy has always been uh, adapted to. There, with our small mouths and our grinding molar teeth, we're starch eaters. We're plant eaters, and uh, we need to honor that. And if we do, we'll get healthy. The Earth will get healthy, and we'll have a livable planet to give to our children. So uh, it's more than just, uh, you know, you're, someone's aching back or sore joints, but, you know, that's involved in it. But there's a, the, it's healing with a capital H, 
and it starts with uh, with a plant-based diet. Amazing. There's two questions that came up. I don't want to forget them, so I'll ask them in a second. So um, number one is like, is there a place for pills and procedures? The other one is what could we do as a community, like vegans myself, plant-based eaters outside the medical profession, maybe politicians, et cetera, to help your work. But before I get there, you mentioned the key thing. So registered dietitians. So I just interviewed uh, Lisa Simon. She's a registered dietitian in the United Kingdom. And I was blown away with the level of nutrition knowledge she has, where part of our conversation was doctor says, take pills. Then I go on Google and Google gives a lot of times wrong information. But when I spoke with her, like if doctors could find registered dietitians that know what they're talking about, like her, that, that would be amazing. And um, like you said, with the, it's a matter of time, the, there's a book from Malcolm Gladwell, Gladwell, the tipping point where when a certain percent of population makes the change, it, it spirals from there. So quickly going into that first question for the, um, is there a place for pills? So for example, when my triglycerides were like borderline, might cause pancreatitis, doctor gave prescription. I don't like taking pills. So I went to whole foods, plant-based from a junk food, vegan diet. Is there a place? Absolutely. And I had, when I was on the surgical service, uh, the chief surgical resident says, look, you could divide all of medicine into horizontal medicine and vertical medicine. If, <clears throat> we're really good at horizontal medicine. If you are so sick or so injured that you are horizontal on the gurney, you can't get up. Western medicine is what you need. And we're really good for dealing with bad infections and car accidents and all those kind of things if you're horizontal. And yes, that there's a place for pills there and you know, injectables and for surgeries. Absolutely, thank God for Western medicine. And if I get in a bad car accident and I got bone ends sticking out all over, you know, don't talk to me about hibiscus tea. I want the best orthopedic surgeon you could find. And so, yes, there's a place for it, but that's only 10% of medicine. 90% of medicine, he says, is vertical medicine. If you're walking around and you just don't feel good, you don't have energy, your bowels aren't working, you've got high blood pressure, you're clogging up your arteries. Western medicine doesn't, we don't have any cures for that because it's coming three times a day at what the person's eating in general. And so, yes, there's a place for, for high-tech horizontal medicine. But we're talking about the 90% of folks who, who need, who are making themselves sick three times a day uh, with their diet. And if they would adopt a, a whole food plant-based diet, uh, we would need a lot less pills and procedures, that's for sure. Great. Thanks for clearing it up because a lot of people in my situation, we go in, we're like, we hear the natural cures and we want to skip over some of those things. So Yes, and I don't want to go past that. Um, there are, you're, you may have a metabolism that for some reason is, is turning sugars into triglycerides and there's counseling to be done. I'll be glad to work with you on that unless you've already, uh, if you adopted a whole food plant-based diet and your triglycerides came down, uh, great. Uh, if they didn't, um, the question is not how high is your triglycerides, uh, unless they're shockingly high, and yes, you can get pancreatitis from that. But cholesterols, et cetera, you know, the issue isn't how high is your cholesterol, it's how inflamed are your arteries. Uh, the atherosclerotic plaque formation is an inflammatory disease, and those artery walls are getting injured meal after meal of, of the onslaught that I mentioned, the cooked animal protein, the vegetable oils, and the sugars, and et cetera. 
Uh, well, if you're not doing that, your artery walls, if you're just eating beans and greens and fruits and veggies, and that's the only thing going through your arteries, you're not setting off that inflammatory fire in your arteries and walls. And if you uh, measure your inflammatory markers and they're stone cold negative, uh, and you do an ultrasound of your carotid arteries and there's no plaque, then it doesn't matter a whole lot what your cholesterol, your triglycerides are. You don't have the disease of atherosclerosis. And most vegans, because uh, I have quite a number of them with high cholesterol, um, but they but they don't have the disease. Their arteries are healthy and fine, and they're going to do just fine. So, uh, so it's important not to just chase numbers, uh, because the the folks with the high cholesterols, high triglycerides, who get the strokes, etc., they're eating cheeseburgers and pizzas and buffalo wings. You know, they're injuring their arteries. You know, it's more than just the uh, just the, the uh, the amount of cholesterol in their bloodstream. So uh, you got to be a biologist, not a technician. Definitely. Yeah. The That blood test was a wake-up call for me where my thing is, I, the oil is the last straw that I'm working on. So otherwise, switch up from pastas to quinoa, et cetera, et cetera. But that's a different topic. So um, the other question I asked was, okay, what could people like myself, other vegans, plant-based people, politicians, people outside the medical community, to support that change in that medical school system or education of doctors? Right. Um, fortunately, there's lots of help available online. If, you, uh, if you're looking for a plant-based doctor, I work for a company called Plant-Based Telehealth, and uh, we've, got, we've got eight plant-based doctors on staff now. We'll be glad to give plant-based and lifestyle counseling. So if seek and ye shall find, uh, there's uh, plant-based medical help around. You can find plant-based dietitians. Uh, there's getting to be more and more of them. Uh, and so you, you can... Uh, if it would be nice if you uh, you can also look for plant-based doctors go to plantbaseddoctors.org and see if there's a, one near you if so then connect with her or him uh, if not you might be able to get a distance relationship going but very importantly your vote matters the we you want to vote for politicians who understand the importance of uh, the ecology to, who won't vote for agricultural subsidies for animal industries. Uh, you want them to, uh, to support preventive medicine. You want uh, them to pay for nutritional counseling. Uh, whatever we pay for, we will get. So check out your politician carefully where you're gonna cast your vote and write them and say, I, I, this is what I want you to vote for. Become an actively involved citizen, no matter what country you're in. Uh, your vote really matters. Your purchases matter. The food manufacturers will purvey us anything that we will buy. And, and we've seen the rise of, of these impossible burgers and beyond beef. No one's saying they're the bastion of, of healthy food. But there was such a demand that uh, the, the demand for plant-based burger called it into existence in a way where it was just time for that to appear. And it has, and it's changing uh, the way food is being produced. And there's plant-based fish now and plant-based chicken and all that stuff. And that's the going that spells the end of the meat industry. The truth of it is uh, that's going to continue more and more. It's going to get more delicious and healthier and cheaper. And the truth of animal agriculture and the cost of it to our children's future is going to get more and more uh, in everyone's faces. And the balance is going to change. And, and so when you're pushing the cart through the supermarket, 
and deciding what to put in that basket makes such a statement because we vote with our dollars. And in the restaurant, uh, if you look to see if there's a veggie burger or some plant-based equipment, order in the Italian restaurant or pasta primavera with vegetables instead of meat sauce, you know, and the, and the Asian restaurant order the, you know, the veggie curry or stir fry or whatever. That's what makes a, a huge difference. We, we vote with our dollars. And, um, and uh, talk about it. it. It's okay to, to, uh, to uh, let people know when you're coming over to their house that you know, you're eating plant-based, you'll bring your own uh, entree if you need to. Uh, it's, it's okay to be plant-based these days. And the more people come out about it, uh, the more acceptance it's going to be. And so uh, we've got a whole society. I'm not the only one trying to turn an ocean liner. Each, all of us are. Uh, in our daily lives. And don't be obnoxious or pushy about it, but just uh, don't compromise either. There's no time for our own health and for the health of the planet and our future. Uh, it's time for plant-based diets to be accepted and embraced. So do it in your daily life. Uh, it makes a difference. Ask for the plant-based entrees, ask for the plant-based products. Ask and you shall receive. That's what one said, that's a clever line, uh, but it's true. To add to that, pharmaceuticals disrupt the microbiome, which plays a major role in our health and immunity, whereas plant-based food is favored by healthy gut flora and can clean and heal the gut. What are your thoughts on this? And then the one I had is if you had a final message for um, doctors listening to this, but um, let's go with the other one first. <laughs> okay. Uh, Western medicine, the more we learn about it, and we see such powerful genies being let out of the bottle when it comes to uh, genetic engineering and, uh, uh, and these potent, potent drugs now that uh, yeah, can uh, change function on the cellular level, uh, and the antibiotics that are being used are so powerful. And, and we doctors are... I hate to be judgmental, but in our ignorance, because we know so little uh, about the true effects of these drugs, you know, how many times do we hear the big oops, you know, a new drug will be introduced and then six months, the oops, we didn't realize that it causes cardiac arrhythmias or it increases the stroke risk or it increases GI bleeds. And well, in, in the evening, when, when the drug commercials come on television here in the States, uh, you see the couple running through the, the field, we have butterflies and flowers, but behind them, this voice is droning this list of all the dreadful complications that this drug may cause, lymphomas and uh, pancreatitis and hepatitis and sudden death. And, and we realize that, uh, that everything is connected. And you can't do one thing in, in the body. You, 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 I'm giving this antibiotic to cure this child's ear infection. That's what you think you're doing, doctor. But you're also killing off good bacteria in the gut. And that invites the bad bacteria that injure the gut wall that allow the food proteins to leak through the bloodstream, that flow through the joints and set off arthritis. And there's everything sets off cascades of reactions including in our microbiome that we've now become aware of. Uh, and so, and, and that includes everything from chlorine in the drinking water to antibiotics in the chicken, all these, these uh, antibacterial agents. We depend on these bacteria in our gut to stay balanced and healthy. And guess what keeps them balanced and healthy? 
a whole food plant-based diet and all the lovely fiber and, and phytonutrients nourishes a healthy microbiome. It, it's, you know, the truth is just flashing at us so many ways. Uh, no matter where you look, eat plants, humans, uh, everything will balance you if, if you do. And so, uh, so you're asking, can these drugs upset the microbiome? Absolutely, they can. Uh, and less is more. If you, if, you know, if God knows if you've got pneumonia or you're on a respirator from COVID, man, you want whatever they need to put in the IV. You know, there's a time for that. But by and large, less is more when it comes to medications. Keep yourself healthy with a healthy diet and lifestyle, and you won't need the vast majority, hopefully, of all of these powerful medicines that Western medicine now is employing on a daily basis. We've got a lot of powerful genies to stay away from as much as you possibly can by eating healthy. Definitely. And that's why myself and other people like me are so grateful for your work, Dr. Greger, Dean Ornish, and medical doctors that understand this as well as dietitians, because there's one side where people go straight for the drugs and they do too much. Then on the other side where they might hear something on the internet and go too far in the other direction. So having you there and others up. So thank you for that. Is there anything, any messages for aspiring doctors and medical school students, uh, doctors listening to this that you want to get out? Thank you. Yes. Uh, medical students and recently graduated physicians, you want to be more than a disease manager. You should know that you can help your patients attain the greatest gift of all, that's get their health back. And you can do that with, with holding the bigger picture in your mind. Where did this disease come from? Uh, I, had a, I had a professor said, people don't get diseases, they earn them. You know, meal after meal, cigarette after cigarette, drink after drink, argument after argument, sleepless night after sleepless night, stressful situations, stressful situations. This is what's creating that body that they're bringing you to fix. So doctors, sit down. Listen to the patient. They're telling you the diagnosis. Ask what they're eating. Ask what their lives are like. And with some very simple dietary maneuvers, uh, some referrals to some of your colleagues who can supply the necessary coaching, you can be the quarterback of the greatest uh, maneuver of all, and that is to, uh, to restore health to your patients, which is why you went into the healing professions to begin with. So, so do not underestimate the powerful tool that's in your hands when it comes to a whole food plant-based diet. Learn about it. Don't push it away. Don't add ah, the veggie heads. You know, doctor, this is a gift you're being given. This is a, a key to healing. It's, really, it's, it's what all students should be notified about uh, from the earliest times of school. So educate yourself. There's plenty of information around. Go to the University of Winchester on the internet and take their six-week course in plant-based nutrition. Uh, educate yourself about the science and what you know about you see. When you open that door to the exam room and there's a patient on the, on the exam table, it's never just you and the patient. It's you, the patient, and the patient's daily diet for the past 10 years. That's who's in the room with you. So take that all into account. Gently, effectively, masterfully help them get on a, a really, truly healing plant-based diet and, and share the joy as they get healthy. And you'll get Christmas cards from now for, for, for the grateful patients till, till the end of your career. I still get... Christmas cards from patients that I've helped. And it's not the card, it's the connection and knowing that I've been of service to them 
that's what makes medicine worthwhile. So learn about it, embrace it, and happiness, you'll be the happiest doctor you know. That's amazing. So thank you so much for your time. And like anyone listening to this, so what Dr. Clapper is saying, where there's voting with your dollars, there's politicians, that's what this channel and what the documentary is going to be about. Behind the scenes, it explains what's the work like Dr. Clapper is doing in medical schools. Like I said, it's a matter of time when those doctors graduate three, four, five, ten 10 years from now, the mainstream sees the results, but we're looking behind the scenes. And I interviewed uh, David Simon, which is an economic economist who talked about voting with your dollars. So that's what creating a vegan world is about leading up to the documentary. So thank you so much for your time. Is there a final one website or a place to connect with you that you want to leave? Thank you. Yes, go to my website, drclapper.com. It's all spelled out, D-O-C-T-O-R-K-L-A-P-E-R. -E and please go to my YouTube channel. I've got hundreds of short videos there on all sorts of medical and nutritional topics. And I post uh, three or four new videos every week. So uh, go to uh, Dr. Clapper, again, D-O-C-T-O-R-K-L-A-P-E-R on YouTube channel. And... Uh, uh, and learn about plant-based nutrition. Take our master course and, and apply plant-based nutrition if you're a health professional and be open to this new world of healing. And uh, I'll be there with you.